All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. Welcome back to the 2022 LCS season, Jordan. Sure is great to get a couple wins to start off the season. Man, I wish we would have played on any other day other than just Friday. I know. Uh, Crazy. Would have been, would have been more, more League of Legends to watch, but alas, we've, we've just played on Friday. No, no <laughs> other games. Definitely not a game on Sunday. Uh-uh. And here we are doing 100 Talk again yeah. in 2022. It's amazing. What, what a week. Here we are, Cole. It feels great to be back. Uh, smooth sailing. It's going to be an easy season and nothing really to discuss here. So we could probably just wrap it, yeah, wrap it up. Yeah. This is, this is going to be yet another easy one. All the podcasts we've done lately have just been, you know, super easy. Yeah. Haven't had to talk about anything other than how are we in, in, and I don't mean like how, as in, is it possible? I mean, how as in, in what fashion will we continue to win? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, oh. Happy lock-in, everybody. Happy lock-in. We knew something like this would happen. <laughs> um, quickly, at the top, this is 100 Talk. We are 100 Thieves fan community, focusing, uh, this show at least, on LCS, 100T LCS. And we are very grateful to Elgato for providing our lighting and capture equipment. And we're very grateful also to Ripit Energy Fuel for providing us with energy Fuel. and fluids and hydration. Mm-hmm. One of two, Cole. Down to the last two. You got one left. I have two. This is after this. this is, yeah. After this, yeah. Wow. Imagine that. Oh, nice, nice uh, top pop. Thank there, you. Though. Thank I'm not you. Not even doing ASMR, and Jordan's providing it anyway. <laughs> um. So what we're gonna do now that we're like back to regular life, we're gonna we're gonna talk through the games a bit, mm-hmm. and. You know, one of the challenges we thought about lock-in was what can you really take from it? It's weird. No one's really ready. The teams are different than what you're expecting. How can anyone possibly compete with us? Yeah. So that puts the conversation in a in a different spot um, than it usually would be. So we'll talk about you know how that conversation has changed. What we saw this weekend um, in terms of how our six-man roster concept is working. And uh, the state of our players, et cetera. We'll also do some listener takes. We're going to try and make a more concerted effort to make sure we get all of those addressed on the pod for tonight. Because uh, lately we've been just doing one or two and skipping the rest. <laughs> so we'll try and get more of that conversation in here. But it's really good to see all you guys back. Thank you for the subs. Thank you for um, being active in our Discord, in our chat, et cetera. We're happy to be here. Jordan, let's do this thing. Let's do it, Cole. If not now, when? If <laughs> somebody's <laughs> got to talk about it eventually, well, let's talk about the good news first. Uh, we played TSM Academy. Yeah, that was a good news moment. Now the the quick description of that game was they cheese someday level one. Uh huh. Congrats. Game over after that. <laughs> it was it was after the first kill, as was mentioned on the broadcast many times. Thank you to Azale, I think, who was consistently pointing this out. It was a perfect game, mm-hmm. uh, besides the the level one five man cheese on a someday, which he could have gotten away from if he flashed. I thought about that, Cole. He could have flashed, but 
he was confident that if it was just a Nautilus and whatever Viper played, the Camille, was it? No. What did he play? No, I don't think Viper was on Camille. Uh, he was, was on, on, I will tell you, he was on Vane. If it was just the Nautilus Vane, he felt like he had enough to get out of it, I think. He was not expecting the full five stack. That's my thought. I didn't get it from someday, mm. but I bet mm. that's what it was. Because if you knew mm. it was five, full five, of course you flash the hook. Well, that was basically the lone mistake of that game. Uh, it turned around into a stomp. Now, Jordan, if I recall properly, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, you know, IIRP, mm. I guess is the acronym. Uh, you, you said that what you most wanted to see about our lock-in performance as a measuring stick for 100T, like as a benchmark, was that you wanted to see us stomp people yeah. as thoroughly as possible. Yeah. And, you know, game one delivered on that... Uh, on that desire for you. Yeah. We looked clean. Um, we looked good. Yeah. It was net. It was basically never a game. Like it was quickly, whatever gold deficit happened from the level one cheese was quickly remedied. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did see one thing that I was very excited by and that's that we got a, we got a top lane gank from closer and not only did we get a top lane gank and I, I forget exactly when this happened, I think it was like, it was like at the end of lane phase, if I remember right. But we got like a very oh. on the same page, coordinated someday enclosure. Yes. Uh, top lane gank. It was, it was like the flash stun, you know, from Renekton with the immediate follow up from the closer Viego yeah. um, kind of gank. And that's the kind of thing that I think we wanted to see. Remember, we, you, you know, we talked about how we had changed from, Hey, we can threaten anywhere to really like being a more obvious bot lane focus, mm-hmm. even as we are rolling over everybody in the LCS. Um, and so to, to see that spread back out, fan back out, explore all the <laughs> options again. That was, uh, that was really good. And, yeah. and there was no hesitation, no tent tentativity. <laughs> Is that a word? Tentativity. <laughs> tentativeness? If it's not a word, I don't know. Tentativeness. Tentat- I like tentativity. I didn't see that's a lot of T's in uh, one word. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue, tentativity. Uh, but there wasn't any of said word. No, none of it. Um, in, in those plays. Uh, but yeah, it's like hard to, hard to look at that game and take away anything other than we bullied them around. And it was intelligent. I thought it was, I thought it was patient from us. It was, like, it was like we stuck to the plan. We didn't, we didn't feel ourselves too much and do too much at the wrong time or anything like that. Yeah. Um, was there anything about the game that you were focused on while you were watching it or just, you know, smiling and enjoying a stump? A lot of that, uh, to go back to that, that play in the gank in the top lane, both max range flash basically is what it took. And that it, it was very close to that play goes wrong a lot of times out of 10. Um, and you look silly (laughs) a lot of times. Yeah. So it was good to see that it didn't because we were putting ourselves out there and, um, yeah. At the end of the day, it is still TSMA, and right. um, that was my tweet after the game. They did a great job of cheesing someday and insulating themselves from any legitimate criticism because who cares? So it's it's the the strategy I talked about on Vivid Display. It's TSM saying, "Well, they didn't have an option." I'm not saying that this is a cop out from them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But they get to say this now. They get to say, yeah, okay, mm. uh, we didn't win a ton of games, as expected, 
and so disregard our our yeah. lock-in performance thanks thanks for watching us but disregard what you've seen that wasn't really rt it's now, not really we RT. would never, ever say anything like that, especially about Game 3 from this week. No, we can. We would definitely would not say that about our Game 3 guest flight quest. We so, couldn't, we wouldn't, you know. and we shouldn't, Cole. Inexcusable. Uh, notable, in my opinion, as I was watching it, basically the only person that like looked consistently threatening was Instinct. Mm. So shout out to Hunter T for DNA being strong. <laughs> Yes. He was like the only person that was because he's like, I don't know. He's like, he's yeah. like yeah, he might get, yeah, I don't know. He's kind of dangerous. Was, I don't know about I this. don't think it was bias either. I, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to us for beating up on Academy team. Yeah. Jordan. Uh, oh, sorry. Were you going to um, sound like you were about to say something? One other thing. I'd say this is, this is another one of those games. Put it in the file of games where we, we escape with some impossible impossibly low health bars i feel like um mm -hmm. but i swear to you when we're at our best it just it feels calculated in the quick chat you know yeah. like oh yeah it, it never looks lucky um because it's like oh there was a thrush lantern or oh there was somebody for you know closer to ward hop two, or you know like there's always somebody there who's who's ready to turn it back in our direction so yeah i was glad to see that um, and you know, against different competition, that doesn't always work out, but it, you don't always essentially perfect game a team either. So I'm not at all, uh, looking at that as like, uh, we better watch out when the, the competition gets better, because I think this was actually just a really good showing from us, like all around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the, when you play an Academy team as an LCS champion team, uh, there's basically one way to come out of that feeling good about the win. And that was it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Ba basically you got a perfect game or close to, um, to really feel like, oh, okay, cool. Good game. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Cause otherwise it's like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Who cares? All right. We like, it's, 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 it's as close to a trap game as you can get because right. there's no good out. There's no outcome where you look good except for absolutely curb stomping. So fortunately we did do that. Mm -hmm. Now, the second game was more interesting because it honestly like it didn't it didn't necessarily look like a stomp scoreboard wise yeah. yep. stats wise or even in, like game time wise. Right. I think it was a little bit longer of game. I think something like 32 minutes. But our game against Golden Guardian still honestly was a stomp. Yeah. And there was a key difference in the way that Golden Guardians played us. And that was that they were like 100,000% in on getting <laughs> kills. They thirsted very hard. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that's a good move for, you know, an academy team to be, you know, to, to have that kind of approach to the game. Because look, like, it's not like you're going to slow play the game and, and beat us. Right. Right. You basically have to get weird. You have to get funky. You have to like sit in the 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 jungle in odd spots and try and get picks. And as soon as somebody was in the crosshair for them, they did everything in their power to get those kills. And and that made it look a lot messier for us than honestly it really was because like in the face of that, it's like you've got this team who's obviously inferior but they're getting the morale boost from getting the kills. Yeah. 
And they're, it's like, look, okay, they spent everything, including all their summoners and sacrificing (laughs) Lane and stuff like that to get a kill. Yeah. But it still is like, well, I still have to be on my death timer. I still have to go back to the well. I still kind of have to restart here. Yep. You know, so it's still problematic in that sense. But I'm telling you, it wasn't actually a close game in any sense, really at any time. Yeah. So, um, I think I still came away from this more impressed than most people would have. Yeah. Um, looking at the scoreboard. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the dirty boxing and like dragging it down the mud. Like, I think that's it. I, I, I think you're right as an Academy team where you know that position to position you're, you don't have a win condition baked in to your roster, you know, so far as like, you know, let's just play this out and see how it goes. You have to kind of go in saying, we're going to, you know, we're going to get some picks. We're going to go for some plays. We're going to try to get some kills and see if we can rattle them. And I feel like that was the real, the real thing that we, we demonstrated in this game is that we weren't rattled. Um, we had, we had a, a KDA that looked different from the, uh, the TSMA game. And so I, I think it's important to be able to, to deliver in both of those situations, right? Both <laughs> like TSMA's plan was level one cheese. And Golden Guardians was just throw punches, wild punches, you know, haymakers only basically is what we're going for, guys. Like, you know, let's all make a pact here that we take every, um, you know, take every recast. We're following everything in. If you get a hook, you're going in. I'm taking the Vex R. Like, let's just go for it. And, uh, you know, it was predictably, or I guess it, it played out like you would expect when that's the approach that they took. Yeah, and it's like every time something happened from Golden Guardians, I would kind of assess, you know, and like look at the gold lead and mm-hmm. look at whatever. And I was like, oh, we're still. It's fine. You know, it was like early on when, when like Ryoma made some weird Vex play on Abadaga to get a kill, I was like, huh, this is really like kind of messy and sloppy. And I look up, it's like, oh, we're still 1500 up <laughs> like super early in the game. Right. And it was like, Stixay has had three kills for a few minutes now and, you know, on the Jinx and he's not, you know. We don't care at all. And guess what? Closer someday did the, the, the flash stun gank again yeah. in this game, executed it great. Oh, look, now we're up 3,000 gold. Mm-hmm. You know, it just kept like jumping. And every, every time I thought, oh, like, yeah, this is not very clean. The gold lead still grew. Yeah. And our map leads still grew. Mm-hmm. So it was like we didn't give up what we set out to do just because things got weird. And I really, I really appreciated that from the team. I think it's hard to do that at the start of the year, especially like remember what the game plan is and not deviate from it. Yep. Um, so, well, so, yeah, I, I, I felt positive about like our approach to the game, which is probably more important against Academy opponents than yeah. you know how we actually play. I think that's even more true when you are up against Academy opponents because it is it's a moment where you it's easy to kind of take your eye off the ball, right? To get complacent you know kind of let it slip a little bit um Mm -hmm. whether it's in lane or you know not setting up well for macro plays um losing track of key timers you know like stuff like that can happen um this is foreshadowing yeah now yeah right and canary in the coal mine actually in this game um because there there was one thing that i noticed a few times uh that was kind of costly and that was uh So Abadaga had been getting out of position mm-hmm. um, a few times in this game. 
in the Golden Guardians game. I'm not talking about FlyQuest yet. We will. <laughs> but I'm not talking about them yet. And he, he got out of position and was punished for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little weird. I mean, he, he had three deaths on the Syndra. And I feel like two, if not three of them, were just kind of like, oh, that didn't need to happen. Why are you there? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like that's obviously not a place to be right now. Um, fortunately, again, it didn't shake us for this game. But the ease of, of these first two games, I think, just had an impact on <laughs> us. We got, we got sloppy in game two a little bit. Just not, not terribly, but just a tiny bit with Abadog especially. And then game three. That's when the, the wheels fully came off the wagon for the first time this year. <laughs> yeah. Now, th- there's a lot to, to unpack about the FlyQuest game, which obviously most of our conversation is going to focus on because what he learned from, from stomping a couple academy teams. Yeah. Uh, so we already have, in 2022, after one weekend, our first like fans are divided and kind of infighting yes. about what happened and whose fault it is. Right. Right. And Jordan, the wise father, is here to mediate this and gonna try and come to a conclusion and, and teach everyone the wisdom for handling these situations. Uh-huh. Where do you want to start with this mess of a game against FlyQuest? I mean, I honestly like I tweeted it kind of just to have fun with the FlyCheck guys who are the 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 us of FlyQuest, right? Um to me, FlyQuest feels like some Academy players, right? They're, they're not an academy team, but they feel like some academy players. You know, there's um, not that threatening on paper, right? Yeah. Lo and behold. Well, <laughs> we, and <laughs> I think if you did results-based analysis on this call, you'd say they lost to an academy team uh, just <laughs> yeah. previously. So I don't think you're far off from saying that at times this team appears to be that's an right. academy team um, who is capable of losing to an academy team. And that's true. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so where to start? I mean, I, I obviously a lot of this conversation is going down to the players, um, later on, but like one of the things I tweeted after, after the match was, it was like, yeah, like we didn't play great. I think FlyQuest punched above their weight. Um, yeah, we had tenacity in. he's not like our main starter or whatever. Well, we don't think, um, Maybe. who knows? But the fact is, we legit got stomped in macro. Yeah. Like, they sunned us really hard in macro. It was pretty embarrassing. Um, and it wasn't just, like, the biggest example I saw of this was towards the end when it was like, I, I forget if they were actually taking soul or if they were just going to soul point on the dragons. I can't remember which. But um, they sent Kumo up to top lane. Mm pushing in a wave and taking our, our base yeah. top lane tower. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we're like five V four in the dragon pit, mm-hmm. but then it's like, well, we got to do something about that. So tenacity goes up, but tenacity wasn't strong enough on the cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't in a position to really fend Kumo off by himself. So we had to send more support. <laughs> so we actually sent like three that way. <laughs> so FlyQuest just says, thank you and takes the dragon Mm -hmm. and then walks right up and takes the Baron as, as we spend everything to try and kill Kumo. I I think we did kill him. But Jordan, (laughs) as the casters would say, (laughs) at what cost? cost? The cost was 
the cost was a baron. Yeah. And they, so it was, it's just like, we absolutely got yeah. smacked down in the macro game. That was the most glaring example to me. It, it brings um, to mind but it, it was, some of those other fabled plays we've done, which is like trade, um, it, you know, trade elder and baron for our nexus. Like we get, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> some, of, some of that level macro where you're like, going to just move on play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. There are a lot, there are a few of those moments, um, which was so strange when the, the golden guardians game, that was our, basically our, our dominant strength, just having a strong macro. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, a little surprising, right? Yeah. That, I mean, maybe it's our, our old pal Aphromoo just like guiding them masterfully across the rift. But I, I, it's like, I don't want to just chalk this up to, hey, you know, Abadog had a really bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tenacity didn't look great in his debut. Uh, and, you know, we weren't really who we are. It wasn't just that. It was like, no, they played well. Yeah. Like, you can't yeah. take that away from them. Whatever yes. was in the water that they drank the day before, or I guess two days before. When was it? I don't know. <laughs> Cleared its way they, out. They changed their diets <laughs> yeah, by yeah. Sunday. They slept it off. Um, yeah. The, the first thing that jumps out to me is that we started to lose this game very early, right? Um, we basically started to lose it in lane. And that's, that's mm-hmm. very surprising. Uh, we, I'm thinking specifically of bot lane. Bot lane was getting absolutely run around. Um, and I'll, th- I think this is a good time to talk about one of the changes, and I believe it was Azale during this game who brought this up. Um, but that a lot of the changes, I can't. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say it exactly right, but basically, it's just it's so much more important. Lane phase is so much more important with some of the changes they made in this season, which I actually think is is great for the game overall, because it became really easy in past seasons to be okay in lane. But just have the, the, you know. Yeah, the, but just wait. Let the support roam yeah, around. Let your support yeah. roam. Get the, the trademark TSM dive. You know, we're going to bring six guys and we're going to get you in the bot lane. And that must mean that you suck at bot lane, right? It's like, well, not exactly. Um, so it, it's, it's so much more. Well, you just can't pull off some of the things. If you have a minion who's like 40 units away from the tower, that doesn't mean you get to suddenly join a fight like mid fight. Uh, yeah. You're gonna have to walk it in, so I think that's really cool. And I actually think that long term, that's gonna play in our favor because I think we have really good lanes, and we saw that with the Caitlyn Lux, right? Where it was like these guys, oh my gosh, they were unchained. They they weren't worried about the kinds of things you had you have had to be worried about when playing League in past seasons. So I'm feeling good about that. I think we're, that puts us in a good spot. Um, you know, you can play more aggressive. But it now. wasn't for this game. We weren't in a good spot. Well, and that's game. the weird thing to me about this game specifically is it was just the micro interactions between these two lanes. It wasn't that they were camping us. It wasn't that they were doing some sneaky, you know, ganks with weird pathing. It wasn't that they TP'd in and poured everything of the bot lane. We just got beat straight up one-to-one against FlyQuest bot lane. Credit to them, right? Like they, they did a really good job of making these guys um, feel threatened. And and this is the other thing you saw is that they had to basically just, they had to play it super safe because they had no summoners. Um, 
closer had to kind of shadow them, right? He spent a lot more time than I think he typically does not getting kills in the bot lane, just making sure that we didn't get killed, which is not at all how we usually yeah. play. So I think a lot of the credit goes to, to Afro and Johnson on that. Um, those guys played really well, especially in the bot lane, uh, but across the map too. Um, so I think, and then, you know, the other lanes, I think that the tenacity, and this is just to kind of round out the, the laning phase piece, because I think it's so interesting and different from past seasons, and it's going to be super fun to watch to see how this uh, evolves over time. I think tenacity had some pretty good moments in lane. I think he could have probably pushed a little bit harder to get the kill before Gwen came fully online. And then at some point yeah, he falls right. off and he is a team fighting champion. And when he goes to try to counter the, the split push, he can't. So I think all of that is to be expected, but specifically the lane, like I thought he looked fine in lane. I think he probably could have pushed harder. He had like a 20 CS lead. Like he yeah. built, and he it's built a favorable a matchup for him for sure. Right. Early on, yeah. especially as he's got the range, but he, I thought he looked fine overall. He didn't make any glaring mistakes. If you're going to argue that he, misplayed anything if you can hear my dog snoring back there that's what that is um if you if you misplayed anything it's that he maybe could have punished a little bit harder um but he didn't yeah 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 and and it w so oh man i've i think i'm still going to save this for when we talk about tenacity okay. in a in you know specifically looking at his yeah. play instead of just talking about the lane phase right now um because i think bamatai had had something really dead on about tenacity in that respect yep but um yeah it's it's one of those things where okay you built up this lane lead we weren't able to to use it for anything and maybe we're in a place where top laners are weak right now um i'm not sure how the meta is going to shake out but um we didn't do anything with it we didn't do anything with that lead mm -mm. and against the gwen you're going to need to do that right yep. so that was a a big missed opportunity from us so yeah, lane phase wise, it was weird. I mean, Takui uh, had I think fifteen twenty CS on Abadaga also. Yeah. Uh, in lane phase, which was not necessarily what I was expecting. Abadaga on Syndra historically has been pretty safe. Mm -hmm. Not like you know, not not like a threatening kind of Syndra. Not like a bust the game open kind of Syndra. But like a you're not going to get anything done against him yeah. kind of Syndra. Uh, and, and Takui just kind of, I mean, he's on a power pick. It seems yes. like Corky yep. is one of the S tier power is. picks right now for sure. Um, uh, from what we've seen and, and he's on that. So yeah, it's going to be a little more difficult, but yeah, I mean, again, go back to lane phase. I think, and I, I look, I haven't reviewed every interaction in the lane, so it's possible I'm missing something. My recollection of this is that Abadaga looked fine in lane. Like he didn't. There were a couple of ganks, attempted ganks, or just you know threats that I'm remembering. He kind of used the kit to evade. Um, I, the the deaths yeah, that I'm remembering, he slipped a gank early. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the deaths I'm remembering came later on, and and were pretty egregious. And we'll talk about that too. But like lane phase yeah. wise, I didn't see that this was so. I, for me, lane phase. If you chalked it up just to lane phase, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the uh, the nail that was hammered into the coffin. One of the nails that eventually ended up killing us was the bot lane, which is a weird thing for me yeah. to see. Yeah. And I will say not something I expect to be permanent either. No, I don't, I don't either. I, I think this is a very unusual situation. <laughs> That's, yep. you know, not, not what we uh, needed this time. Um, so yeah, lane phase, uh, we talked about, um, 
the macro. We also, we gave over both heralds. Um, mm-hmm. We got outplayed in the vision game like pretty drastically from what I recall. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like comparing the vision scores or anything, yeah. um, but it, I had a sense of like, they have way more map available to them. And one of those things, Jordan, the thing I always hate so much about being a hundred thieves fan is when that freaking mid lane tier one is up for a really long time. <laughs> and it was in this game. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I actually noted it in my notes, but I, I felt like, yeah, I did. Yep. Here we go. <clears throat> Note from my, from watching the game. Hate, hate, hate seeing mid tier one turret still up at 24 minutes. Ooh. And it was like two autos away. It was, yeah. it was like clinging on and, but it, it matters yeah. when you're talking about waves, sure. right? And it matters when you're talking about map agency. Yep. Um, that freaking mid tier one historically has been this huge thorn in our side that, you know, maybe not in the summer 2021 iteration of hundred thieves. It wasn't that much of a problem, but historically for us, yeah. it's just a thing, you know, yep. and it was there. And that's like the omen. That's, that's the omen for us. We're never going to win. If uh tier one mid turret is up at 24 minutes. Not a good sign. You're supposed to be uh, uh knocking on the, the Nexus turrets doors at 24 minutes. Like that's a sign of a, a strong performance, not still trying to crack first tier one or first turret in mid. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the players then. Mm-hmm. Um and I personally like I want to start with Abadaga because so much of the conversation that uh happened in our Discord and on Twitter. Uh, centered around tenacity and I, you know, obviously there's conversation to be had there and we will do that soon. But to me, I felt like Abdaga was a more egregious offender in this game. Like more of a, yeah. you, you, you brought a bot lane losing lane as, as one of the, mm-hmm. shall we say loss conditions. Yep. And the, <laughs> the other one for me uh, seemed to be Abadaga. I mean, I'd made a note again, speaking of my game notes, they're back by the way. I got, I got the game notes right. flowing from my fingers right now. Uh, let's see. What was this? Um, uh, this was early in the game, like, like six or seven minutes in the jinx matchup was, was very evidently oppressive for us. We were having trouble they got our flashes yeah. out. They got one flash off camera. four minutes. Yeah. We didn't right. even see what happened. And, I made a note. I was like, I think in this game, we're going to need Abadaga to pop, to provide the pop-off. Mm. And we got exactly the opposite. We got <laughs> Abadaga like three times in the same spot, basically getting caught out for kills. Yeah. Um, him just, it, it seemed lazy. It yeah. seemed it was like that, dull and not sharp, right? That mid top river wall, just walking around it, walking around it, taking a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just like it was. It was lazy. It was. It was risky. It was greedy at times. Like he was going for yeah. a CS or something, and there were like three or four champions around within flash range. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. We're we're not we're not planning at least on having a focused who he conversation, but who he did that with like a ward mm-hmm. and got caught out. It was just like we're not playing solo queue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it felt it felt like the attitude of the players was a bit more like a solo queue game yeah. um, with the exception of tenacity, which again, we'll talk about. Uh, it was not the Abadaga that I'm used to seeing. I don't, how would you, or maybe I'll, I'll ask a question. If you want me to answer it first, I'll answer it first, sure. but you can answer it first. If you like, um, how do you see Abadaga's role on our team? Like, how would you describe that? 
the one thing that's become very clear is that closer remains our dominant carry threat in any game. Uh, and you look at his stat lines across all three of them, and that plays out. And he still looks just as dangerous on Viego in any situation at any time as he always has. Um, so I'm going to answer Except this. Except for against FlyQuest. He's 3-1-4 and four against FlyQuest. I mean, he, yeah, he, he was, was still fine. our carry threat. He was fine. Yeah. <laughs> he was um, fine. <laughs> so I, I think Closer remains our consistent carry. Like I think that's still our first choice carry. Bot lane, and I'll put them together here, I think remains kind of like an off-day carry. I think it's, it's entirely possible that FBI absolutely pops off and that who he in any, in any game um, can break some fights open. So it puts Abadaga in kind of an interesting spot. It's an interesting question you ask. Uh, and I think that the, the, the role that I'm seeing him play is, is kind of like, um, I, I guess, like team fighting glue, where it's like the, the, it's the um, utility that you need for team fights. It's the consistent damage, um, those kinds of things. And I think that he and Someday actually play kind of a similar role in that sense. We don't typically mm-hmm. look to them to carry. Um, and they don't typically end up carrying, but I think that they are reliably solid and consistent and they don't give much away, which is why I think this game was such a, an outlier. Yeah. So I, and I agree with that, uh, largely, I, I think I, I view it from a different angle maybe, but cause, cause the way I think of it is like Abadaga tends to be a neutralizer. He's like, he's like even keel. Um, enemy mid lane. I mean, often mid laner is a focus of a team, right? It's like your star players in the mid lane. Mm-hmm. You want to get your mid laner going and take over the game, be dominant, whatever. Abadaga to me <clears throat> is like what I wish my seven year old would do instead of fighting with my five year old. Like my five year old <laughs> runs around the house doing everything she can to provoke the seven year old and make her mad, yeah. right? And it's like, five-year-old gets a reaction out of the seven-year-old and so the five-year-old reacts to the reaction and they go crazy on each other and fight right uh, yeah <laughs> and i wish my seven-year-old would be more like abadaga which is just like it bounces right off him <laughs> right he just he just is there he does he he neutralizes what they're trying to do usually not in a carry position mm-hmm. uh though he though he can yeah. on the right channel the collies right? leblanc yeah. he's got very good yeah azir so some really strong yeah so early on in this game, it was like, well, the, the way this is looking, like we need him to be in that carry position, which is just, in, it's like kind of unnatural to the typical makeup of our team. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about his debut last split where it was like karma. Yeah. We got this, yeah. we got the new Ferrari from, from Europe <laughs> right. shipped to us in the United States. Let's put him on karma, Ooh. baby. You know, like that, that, that was kind of a surprising debut, but it, but it actually it's very representative of how we've used him in most cases yeah. in, in my opinion. Yeah. So when he's, when he's being careless and he's dying, like, you know, you're just feeding into the other team's plan. Right. Um, he's supposed to be like a brick wall and this game, he certainly was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I like when it comes to like, whose fault was this game, which I don't think is a super important question. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's a question that the, the fans always ask and they always talk about. <clears throat> and I, I still like, I think he played way below what we would expect from him. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely in the FlyQuest game, but also in the Golden Guardians game, I didn't think he was very clean either. Yeah. So 
I'm not worried about him at all. I'm not. But I do know that it's got to be better going forward. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, he, he's... I think it will be. He's been very consistent for us since he's joined this organization. And so we haven't really... You know, like, when, so, when Someday kind of started to decline a little bit in his performance last season, that was another moment where we were like, well, what do we do about that? Because we're not used to ever talking about Someday not being anything below, like, rock solid. Um, mm. So it's different. Like this is not the the typical conversation we have about our mid laners. And I think that yeah. it will, I have full expectation that he'll get back to it just as someday has, um, especially because he has even more going for him, right? Like I think he's still on the up trajectory where I think with someday, like we'd say probably his, his best, most flashy, like hardest carrying days are probably in a past season. I don't know that for sure. Um, but that, you know, recent, I'd say the last split and a half, would say that. So, uh, yeah, I think this is one game, and I think it'd be very rash to sound any kind of alarm about Avadaga. Um, and I think that it it may be that Syndra is not the control mage that is going to have a lot of success these days. And I don't have the stats for Syndra's globally uh, in the start of this season, but I, I do know that Corky is very good. <laughs> and I will yeah. say, and we're not going to talk about Takui too much because we don't let the flight check guys do that. Because they should. Um, he he uh, he looked like an absolute madman on Corky. Like he was playing Corky, and I think this is a lot to do with Corky right now, not just him. But credit to him, yeah. he was piloting it for sure. Corky was hitting like Zoe, you know. Yeah, it was like Paddle Star when he landed the, the thing. The yeah, rocket exactly. looked like a fully charged Paddle Star, which is I would I would argue not great. That shouldn't probably be how that ability works because you get to hold like eight charges of it and it's on, I think, like a two or three second cooldown. And then every third or fourth one, whatever it is, is actually empowered. So yeah, it's it's a bit much. I think they could tune that a bit. Um, like there was one entire fight that we lost because he landed an empowered rocket on, I think, three people. And we just had to, we just left. We're like, that's your dragon now. So good R. Great R. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that sucked. I think that's that's bad for the overall game state um, when there's a champion who's that overtuned. Who can, like, there's too much in the kit. He has the package. He has, he, he has a spammable R. It's a lot. Um, yeah. And just like people don't love Zoe, and, uh, and there are great reasons for that, that it just reduces the amount of game you actually get to watch. It felt like that in a lot of situations where we were already lost. I mean, they had, yeah, it was 4v5, but I think Corky's Rockets probably counted as like a 6th and 7th man for them. I'd yeah, and, about and two. honestly, honestly, like, when I think about, and not, I know we've, we've kind of wandered off the topic and we're kind of talking about champs and draft, but while we're, while we're there, when I think of, like, in what's in my mind, the two biggest power picks, you figure blue side's going to end up with one of them, Right, just the way things come out. I mean, I, I see the other one as Jinx. Yeah. Right. But FlyQuest got both of them because they <laughs> they got Quirky and Jinx, which is a little like I don't know. Maybe we didn't draft super well. <laughs> you know. So yeah. uh, that that was a little that was a little crushing mm-hmm. to see that happen. But again, it's br- it's a brand new season, so we don't really know what the draft meta is. It just from what I've seen, it's like. 
Jinx is nuts. Corky's even nutser. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so so not happy with Abadaga, but I think he knows it, right? He has to. He, he tweeted something like acknowledging that he didn't play well, <laughs> and you know he I he's 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 gonna be fine. Yeah. Um. But from one like proven commodity to, you know, the new guy, right? Yeah. In tenacity. Now there's the the fact that we are running six man LCS roster instead of having tenacity on academy and sometimes moving him up. That means we're we're pretty committed to this in some sense. Yes. And you know, we're gonna talk about well, do you do you want to talk about tenacity's performance first or do you want to talk about the the team's strategy and playing him first i've kind of said my piece on his performance but i would invite you to do performance and then let's okay, switch then let me yeah okay i'll, I'll talk about the performance because i wasn't i wasn't super let down by it but i think there was a pretty big function that he was supposed to play that he wasn't playing yeah probably um <laughs> first of all i do want to acknowledge it looked it looked like nerves a lot of the times you know you you mentioned that it looked like he could have he could have made more things happen with more confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that to me, I think, is expected for someone who's young. But that that is evidence of the fact that, all right, he's not all the way there yet. For sure, know? yeah, he's not he's not ready. If he's having nerves, I think that's true. So it's like, it's kind of expected, but you know that still is the fact of what happened, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, it looked tentative. You know, we, we talked about the, the 1v1 where really looked like he could have killed Kumo, and that probably would have materially changed the game. Yeah. Um, and he didn't. And so there's that. The other thing is, you know, your role as a Kennen player is to flash ult the back line <laughs> of yeah. the enemy team. Now... I have to, I, like, I, you know, we are clearly not good League of Legends analysts. No. So I'm not qualified to really do this. I'm not, I, but I should review the tape <laughs> and look at it anyway. Because it, it felt like there were some situations where he just couldn't have performed that function. And he tried to, like, use the ult in a zoning manner instead of, you know, blow up the back line. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think that screwed us up a lot because we are counting on the Kenyon Flanks in the back line. We are counting on keeping, um, what's his face, Johnson under control, right? And like in, I think in the, the biggest losing team fight towards the end, I'm not sure which exact team fight it was, but I think it was, I think it was like the last big team fight that we lost. He tried to set up a flank on the top side of river, like in the little bush, you know, and at mid and couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. The fight kind of started without him and he, he kind of went for it, but I don't think he landed any damage on Johnson. Like Johnson kind of just danced around Hmm. the back and didn't get affected at all. Yeah. And tenacity got blown up. It's like, you need to be so strong as the cannon that you're pumping out a lot of damage and you're not quite as vulnerable. And because we didn't capitalize on the lane phase, um, he just wasn't that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I think that that was, a, that was a big role of playing Kennen for us in LCS that he did not perform 
and it was a mixture of responsibility on how that wasn't yeah. you know you you just can't always do it if your team is um taking fights too early yeah. or taking fights in the wrong position like you can't always do it so but let me it was still missing yeah let me let me um ask some questions or maybe i won't even frame it that way i'll just point some things out so we talked about secondary carry our bot lane i think I think with a champion like Kennen, it's so hard to have a successful game if you're showing up to a team fight and that team fight is already significantly behind, right? Yeah. Like it yeah. feels like if you think to the great Kennen plays, it's not typical that Kennen shows up to uh, turn a fight entirely into your favor. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying that this never happens, but I feel like usually what you want to do is you want to have your team entertaining the other players on the other team. You know, doing this and that, <laughs> yeah. getting some cooldowns if they can, just keeping them dancing. And then Kennen shows up and he blows up your team and then your team finishes that off, right? Like, if you put it all on the Kennen, I think it's actually a really, really tough thing to do because they're watching for you, Kennen. They know what you're trying to do. There's never a surprise. Yeah, it's not like it's a surprise, yeah. right? Yeah. It, you know, it, <laughs> Like the because your job is to surprise them, they're never going to be truly surprised. It might be that if your job, your team does their job, they're not ready for you, but they're not going to be surprised when you show up coming from the other way, right? Um, so I don't know. I mean, because we we talked about all this other stuff, right? We talked about Abadar getting caught out. So there goes your control mm -hmm. mage, right? So now you have a fight, a team fight that's maybe four v five. Where you don't have some of these very important skills and abilities, so the CC, the burst is gone, um, and then you're left with you know it's Viego who needs a kill to really get going. You're left with Aphelios and Nautilus, who are not going to be the ones to crack open a team fight either. I mean, yeah, Nautilus has got some good engage skills, but it's it's not like that's not the way to break a fight open. Yeah. So, and uh, you have the bot lane. It wasn't able to really gain a strong hold on the game, which is typically something they can do. They they usually leave lane phase in a position of strength with a, a significant lead, a lot of plate gold onto FBI, enough carry threat there to really shake things up if they can get a good engage. We didn't have that. So yeah. I kind of think that Tenacity's job here was a bit doomed. Now, he didn't he didn't save it, right? Nor do I think it's fair necessarily to expect him to. Um, so all that being said, I just feel like there were not enough really, like if this were a different game where you look at like about even strength, you know, like we're, we're playing toe to toe with them. We don't have three people on our team who are at now suddenly 15% HP who have to go back to base, right? Because of Corky Rockets. Like none of those things were conducive to him actually showcasing what Kennen is supposed to be doing. And I don't think it's fair to look at him and say, well, he didn't carry it. Like, he didn't turn it around yeah. for us. It's like, yeah, because there were four dudes watching for him in that bush. And when he stepped out, they're like, and there's Kennen, you know, somebody stop him. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's not to say he played a flawless game. But it's important to remember, like, the game plan in this fell apart, I think, in the lane phase. And from that point on, I, I view the rest as kind of like a, it's a scuffed effort. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I probably should have done this a tiny bit earlier, but I did want to read this take from Bamatide. <clears throat> now, Bamatide, I know he's listening because he's in the chat. This dude wrote me a 
a trilogy of novels <laughs> about, about the game. So Bam Tide, love you, dude. You need to relax on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. F- I'm sorry that happened or I'm happy for you. I'm not reading all that or whatever the <laughs> meme is, but, <clears throat> but he did, he did, he did say, I, I took this as a selection from his, uh, his novel. Um, some of which we've kind of already gone over, but I think it's a good transition point too. He said tenacity played an uncompetitive game. He played lane safe and to not lose. He should be flanking, but he's not because he's scared to mess up. But being scared to mess up is literal griefing. We did not need to play him if he isn't ready, period. And with Abadaga not playing well, which we also agreed with, I don't think we should be trying more things until that's fixed. So this, I think, is a, is a good segue into the discussion on like, what are we doing playing tenacity like strategy wise? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we feel about that? And, and should we be doing it? Um, I agree with, I think I agree with all of this, really. I'm like reading it back. I did feel like he was, he was timid and nerves and scared which you can't have, you know, in a pro game that you're, you're supposed to win. Um, and then he said, we don't need to play him if he isn't ready, period. There's a little bit of a weirdness to that, right? That's the conundrum. That's the whole sticking point for us with this six-man roster is that <clears throat> at some point, you know, your prospects need to transition into LCS, whether that's, playing a game here or there or making just a full, clean, dedicated transition into LCS. At some point that has to happen. The question is, when is it right? Okay. And as Bamatai pointed out, Abadaga not playing well, maybe that's a more important thing to focus on fitting in with the rest of the team. But before we move on to trying tenacity out, what are your thoughts on that? I think the last piece is the one thing that I'm not quite sold on, which is, we had two games before this where Abadaga played. And I, and I don't know, I don't think that it's, it's hard to say this one way or the other because we don't have scrim information. We don't have mindset right. information. We don't know any. We should have made that disclaimer. We should have made that disclaimer. Three games, we don't know any backstory yet. Two games before, before Tenacity comes Well, out. yeah, before this. Yeah, so, but I'm talking like at the time of this podcast, our yes, data set is very, very small and we don't have background info yeah. yet. So I don't think that I don't think that one way or the other, unless you have a lot more information, which obviously the coaching staff does about Abadaga that gives you concern going into this game. I don't think that you would say I'm concerned about Abadaga, right? Like he had a, a very fine quirky game and a Syndra game where you're like, didn't didn't really impact the game a lot. Didn't have a great outing, but I don't know if you're, if you're uh, calling like a, a midnight meeting to try to figure out what well, what are we going to do about the Avadaga situation, right? Sure. And I think if you did that, and then you're like, I know, let's put in tenacity. That's probably the wrong call, um, because in that situation, yeah, you should figure out Avadaga first because we don't have a backup. Like there is no plan B for Avadaga. I don't think we need one, um, but I just want to. I I think that that's probably not something that they have on their radar when they decide that they're going to put tenacity in. Well, look, I mean, like, you think about the other times we were trying to figure out what our mid laner is mm-hmm. and what our other players are and whatever. Like, when you have roster conundrums, <clears throat> especially if you're looking at, like, a one-to-one player replacement, how much data can you gather if the team isn't 
performing the way it usually does. You know what I mean? Like if, if, so say, you know, in a hypothetical situation, you're like, all right, do we play someday or tenacity? How can we possibly figure this out? Well, let's just give tenacity a try and see how he fits into the puzzle compared to how someday fits into the puzzle. And then you draft something psycho in bot lane, <laughs> right? You draft like Sejuani, uh, Karthus bot. Lane. Love that bot lane. Okay. Yep. And then, and then you try and make a judgment based on how that game played out. Right. It's like, there's there's errors in the experiment. Yes. The experimental setup is flawed. And I, I think that's the argument that Bama Tide's making. It's like, look, Abadag is not playing the way that we know he's going to play. Mm-hmm. So how much sense does it make then to see how the top laner fits into the puzzle when the, it's a different puzzle that he's fitting into? I think there's merit to that argument. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure I understand this. I mean... You, you can you can never see how tenacity would have done in a game that someday played. Sure. Yes. So it will always be apples and oranges to a certain degree. But why don't you give everybody their signature picks at a time when everybody's cool and they're playing decent, and then <clears throat> and then let him spin? That I think that's that's the argument. So may, <clears throat> but that's, maybe I mean maybe yeah. another way to put it is let the team find their footing. Because you know oh, yeah. you're going to be squirrely no. during lock-in. So I, let the team find the footing before you yeah. do the experiment. This is a good transition. I mean, it, again, we have to t- take into account, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a long preseason for us. This is mm-hmm. game three of the preseason, but we have scrims against T1 as part of it, right? So we have to take into account the fact that they've been thinking about this and tinkering with it for probably months, not days or weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a lot more information than we do and if Abadaga was playing like garbage in mid-December and they still are, are moving ahead with this yeah I think you could question whether or not that's the right call to make we don't know we won't know um, I think the, the probably the more valuable thing to talk about here is is this a good idea and, and I, I'm not yet convinced that it is you're on record saying that you don't think it is your your mm-hmm. starting position is in the no lane, and right. I will um, I will just kind of elaborate on what I. And when you say is this a good idea, you're talking about having a six man, yeah, roster. having tenacity in here. So, um, I th- I think the the thing that is unclear to me, and I think would be helpful, is we're all having this conversation right now because we don't really know what this is. Is this that we think we think tenacity is better than someday? do we think that tenacity gives us the best chance to win? And when I say tenacity, just assume I'm talking about the team with tenacity around him, right? The five players plus that, that includes tenacity. I'm not putting this all on him because that's not fair. Um, but, or is this that we are confident that he will develop to be better than Sunday and that we want to get him valuable stage time? Is it that we think he uh, could step in for summer? It's, I don't know. And, and this is not me saying that as a fan, I demand to know. We just don't have an understanding of what yeah. the strategy is behind this move. So it's impossible for us to say, do we expect to see someday on Friday or do we expect to see tenacity? I don't know. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is like, I got hit up by a bunch, like this hasn't ever happened to me before. I got hit up 
before the game started by a bunch of DFS people who are asking me, do you know, you know, if it's going to be someday or tenacity <laughs> this weekend? Cause they're trying to like do their yeah, betting yeah, and yeah. stuff. And I was like, honestly, no, no one knows. They haven't communicated about yeah. in which situations they're going to do it. And again, like you, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a requirement. I'm not saying that they need to do that. Right. I don't feel owed that mm-hmm. as a fan. I know a lot of people do. I don't, I don't feel that, but it is a fact that they haven't said it and we don't really know what the plan is. I will say I've seen a couple interviews with Reaper that I think were done in Korean. Um, where the translation, he, it's like he, he calls players cards mm-hmm. to play. Like he refers to his cards to play. And so when he does that, it makes me think he, he means a true six-man roster where strategically you play this card right. versus that card. <clears throat> okay? <clears throat> Which, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Like I, the reason I don't like the six-man rosters is for rhythm. Right. Like I feel like teams play together. The more experience together you have, the better you're going to be unless there's like some kind of like obvious chemistry problem. Right. right. Which then you fix and then, you know, because you've played together, say Valorant with steel. <clears throat> the, the thing is, it's like, I'm not, if you just sub them in and out, I think that makes sense situationally when you have two proven quantities, but tenacity is not a proven quantity yet. We know he's ripped up amateur and he's ripped up Academy, okay? So we haven't gotten his transition to LCS. And it's one of those things where you got to do it sometime. Mm-hmm. You got to see what, you know, what he's going to be. <clears throat> and if it was me with no other information, I would really just feel like we're feeling out who's going to be our summer top laner yeah. during spring split. And we're going to settle it that way. Because at some point, we don't know which point it is. We know, ten- we know someday is going to age out, basically, mm-hmm. and, and need to be replaced. We don't know when that point in time is. And I've, you know, I've pushed really hard about how someday I thought had great playoffs and good worlds too. Yep. So, yep. you know, it, we're, we're still, I feel like in the same exact spot because we didn't, here's an, here's a question for you. Did we learn anything about tenacity? Um. <laughs> I think the one thing I can say is that we learned that he still got some nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the fan standpoint, no, I don't think we did nothing meaningful. You know, um, yeah. like he he didn't. We learned he's super handsome. If you didn't know that already, <laughs> you saw the pictures. Yeah, and you know, that's that's the the challenge about all of this. It's, I think, from a, a fan standpoint, what I would say would be helpful to know, encouraging to understand, soothing to the soul. At this point, would just be able to say. You know, I think we accomplished what we went out there to do. That, that, feels, that feels great to be able to say. Because it gives you more confidence in the direction of the program long term. How things are going. You know, are we making the right bets? But if, you know, we're, we've been handed this thing. And it's like, all right, super exciting. We got six players on our LCS roster. We feel super, super good about this guy. It's like, well, yeah, Awesome. Like, what's his job? Like, what's he going to do? Like, you wait and you might find out. It's like, okay. And you, you might not. You might not. So it's just that. It's the discomfort of not, of not being able to evaluate. Are we, are we betting the farm on this guy? 
and that we have some plan to put him in as a starter like soon or should we just be saying hey you know what yeah he he had some opportunities there he had some moments where he could have could have struck um and they'll work on that because it's a very different conversation yeah. than if it's like because like, if he's our starter in three weeks i have more mm-hmm. anxiety about it because there's a lot of things i don't sure. know and there's a, and, the, and i would say certainly that the team didn't look as good with him on the rift and i don't think you can right. explain like i doubt that someday being in the top lane is what makes fbi and who he's so lane dominant i think there's some other stuff going on probably um so it's, you know you can't chalk it all up to him you can't you can't give him a full pass and i think the the discomfort that a lot of fans are expressing right now in various ways is not really knowing what to make of that right yeah and i think i think like i think to to build on what you said part of the reason for that is you could say that one thing we learned from this weekend is that it's at least possible that someday IGL or someday comms presence is materially important to the team. Yeah. And we can't say that definitively because mm-hmm. like you said, there are other things going on, but we know it's not, you know, it's not, not in play. <laughs> that, that, right. That's the case, right? Yeah. He is it's, calming. So it's at least possible that his presence to the team makes the difference, you know, in, in whatever way, whether it's, whether it's, like like I said, like comms or just the way he plays the map differently or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's possible that that is the case. So you you have to account for that, I guess. Yeah. Um. So now we're in this place where yeah, I you know we feel a little less sure about things. One of the things is like you know tenacity is obviously a very hyped prospect. Mm-hmm. Um. He's also very young, you know, and so I think like everybody wants to have this image of like the NA seventeen year olds that end up saving right. NA, right? It's like you have Danny, you have mm-hmm. Tenacity, you have General Sniper like on deck, right? You want these guys to be the guys who come in as youngins and have the Faker debut, right. you know? Um, <clears throat> but yeah. at this point, we can't definitively say that, you know, not having someday in there is, is, is a wash. Like we look different, we play different. So that's something for them to figure out. Who knows if they'll come out and comment on it. If I was them, I wouldn't, but fans being the way fans are, they probably will feel pressure in some sense to say something. Yeah. I don't know if they've done any interviews or anything yet. I, ha- I honestly didn't really like poke around for that. And a lot of stuff comes out like Monday, Tuesday. So maybe we'll see an interview with Popper. We'll see an interview with Reaper. Um, kind of giving us more information on that. Yeah. But until we do, mm-hmm. we just have to, you know, argue amongst ourselves on why we think what's happening is happening. Yep. I think the time to, to say something ideally would have been going into the tournament just to give a better sense for what you're going to see. Um, and I think in, in the absence of that, I think the time to do it is after, right? At least after group stage, Yeah. right? If you have a yeah. firmed up, like if after group stage, you know that you're not going to play more someday or more tenacity, I think you have an opportunity to say something about that it's just so people aren't kind of wondering and you know, just just kind of tangential, but it's also interesting to see how the players would feel about this. Because as as we know, there are no implications on the LCS season right. for how this goes. <clears throat> but there's one hundred fifty thousand dollars in prize money, and maybe they want that. Mm. <laughs> you know, so maybe the players care and and they want the best look on there so that they can get a bonus. You know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but going back to listener takes for a second, 
uh, just, you know, kind of maybe wrapping this a bit, Hot Maple Toddy said, I know it was Tenacity's first game in LCS, but even so, it feels like team cohesion is better with someday. Still probably too early to tell 100%, of course. First weekend, mm-hmm. three games, one game of Tenacity, et cetera, et cetera. I like our team. We're taking Chip 2 very soon. Smiling face with horns is how my <laughs> copy paste did with the emoji. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I, I have the same feeling. It's like something about someday glues together the team um, better at this point. That's, that's what I feel. I don't think that's surprising. And now it's like, will the team commit the time to try and transition tenacity more into that so that they can build and correct that problem? Or will they back off and just be like, no, let's, let's roll with someday again, too early to tell. Yep. Um, we'll see how it plays out. And I, you know, I'm not at all worried that we'll, we'll not be able to perform. I mean, someday did have two great games against Academy teams, <laughs> you know, just to fully, confuse this whole situation the games that we're looking at comparing him to tenacity were actually against academy teams so yep who knows anything at this but point? we have extent we extensive, have extensive history evidence, including an lcs championship yes. recently yeah um, for someday yep so. that's true but <clears throat> same could be said for abadaga Cole, and he appears to be playing at a lower level in these early games so yeah but he's more of a spring chicken so um can we talk for a second about am i wrong to say you're not worried about anything at this point no it's it it is it is let me say this very clearly it is too early to be worried (laughs) you cannot be worried yet you're not allowed to be worried yet you can so that's be curious about things you can have questions but it's, it is genuinely and literally too early to be worried. Give it more games. I feel like that's the unofficial motto. Like the, if the official motto of 100 Talk is trust the papa, the unofficial motto is it's too early to tell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? But it's true, you know. Um, but I, so I'm not worried and that's part of it is like, yeah, this is lock-in. This is weird time. We're not ready to go. No one's ready to go. The opponents are weird. We're weird. Everything, right? <laughs> yes. But I, I felt as, as a reigning champ, I felt like a different sense of this doesn't matter that I haven't experienced before as a Hunter Thieves fan. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> so for instance, during the FlyQuest game, for most of it, I would say like maybe like 20 minutes of the game, I still was, I was like, you know, we're probably still going to find a way to win this. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Which, which is, which is a, an unfamiliar feeling. Yeah. I am much more of a catastrophizing fan. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I was like, yeah, I think we're going to figure out a way to win this anyway. And like when I think about how mm, I don't really mind. So, so here's what happened to me. When, when we lost to FlyQuest, I tweeted about it real quick. I was like, not really worried. And I made a couple comments. And I seriously like immediately just walked outside and played in the snow with the kids. <laughs> like that's like usually when we take a bad loss, I'm like talking to the discord a bunch. I'm on Twitter a bunch. I'm reading things. Yeah, I'm like yeah. theorizing. Right. I seriously just was like, oh, oh. too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Go about my life. And, and that's like, and it's not just because it's early. It's, it's honestly because like 
I now have this trust in how the team's constructed and how the staff's constructed that I honestly just feel like it's going to be worked out. Whatever way it works out, it's going to be worked out. Mm -hmm. Trust the pop has become, you know, embedded in my DNA. So (laughs) I just like, I don't know. It's like good teams lose, especially in weird situations like this. Good teams lose. Right. So I, I just don't feel panicked in the same way when there are more legitimate questions to be asked. Right. So that's a little bit different for me. And so I wanted to point that out. It's like my, I'm not worried. It's not solely based on the ever true mantra of (coughs) we've barely played any games at all. Right. And this is new season. Right. It's, it's honestly because we've got the tools to fix whatever problems and just to win again. Yeah. I think that's a really important point. Um, We have the tools, right? It's like we, we've proven that the tools we've got are capable of fixing a lot of things. And, you know, <laughs> if, you're, if you're game three of lock-in is convincing you that we have no shot at spring playoffs, um, then think about this. We finished summer on a low note and then won it. So they were able to turn that around pretty quickly. Uh, and I, I'm very confident that we'll be able to fine-tune this in some ways. That doesn't mean that there are, there aren't things that could trip us up along the way for sure, but this one game, this one loss, uh, I think just it, it poses us with more questions um, that I think the team is is clearly thinking about. Yeah. Um. Let's do this. <clears throat> let's uh, let's tackle the re- the remainder of the listener takes and quickly talk about next week and yes call it a call it a pod call it a pod so because <clears throat> a couple of these takes are kind of apropos of nothing um we got a wild take this is this is maybe the hottest take i've ever seen submitted to the show <laughs> yes and i don't know if there's really any discussion to have about this take because it's so flaming hot love it but Cusino, Cusino, are you in chat say something if you're in chat <laughs> Cusino said, my take for the show, General Sniper is the best top laner currently on 100T across all roster. Wow. <laughs> I should have warned you to, <laughs> to not take a sip of anything <laughs> while, that, while that take came in. Now, you guys know very well we are not hot takers. We do not seek out hot takes. We do not make hot takes. Hot takes do not lend themselves well to constructive conversation, even if they lend themselves to entertainment. What is going on with this take? Wait a minute, Cole. From Casino. What did General Sniper do against Golden Gardens Academy? Because we actually have overlapping data here. It's possible <laughs> that Casino okay. is on to okay, something. <laughs> Let me see if I can find this. Where's the 100 next stat lines here? I don't think. Look, while you're looking that up, I'll just say this. That kid is going to be a star. It's exciting to watch him. And I think that he, uh, I mean, <laughs> you got you to gotta make, you got to reach for it with your takes. So I think it's a fun take. Uh, if this were keep it 100, I'd give it some, some love um, with the score. But I, I think that it's we might look forward backward in less time than we think and say, I think Casino 
was on to something. Okay, I have his stat line. Yep. General Sniper against Golden Guardians was 8, 6, and 7. Okay. For 2.5 KDA. Um, let me see if I can get more useful stats. We know how Golden Guardians Academy plays, man. They're, it's a dirty boxers. It's a very all-or-nothing kind of thing. Yep. Um, he had 3K gold on Tony Top. And that's about all I can there really you go. see. That's all you need to know. He's it. So compare that to what was uh, what was someday against Golden Guardians? He was a mere one one and six. So the KDA is better. You want an eight six and seven or a one one and six in your top lane? That's Tell a me. great question. This is an age old <laughs> question. I feel like. Uh, uh, Cusino, returning to your take. Um, no. All right. Let, there you go. <laughs> and one more take. Or this doesn't even really take. This is, uh, <laughs> I'm just reeling from that. So, Christina, I love you, dude. That was. Akamai says, Gerald Cypher didn't get first blood in the first minute of first game. Better than someday confirmed. I mean. Respect your elders, everybody. Okay. <clears throat> one more, so, one more. I, I won't call this take. I'll call it a, a data point. Okay. Or, or a data set. I like it. Because, Jordan. Our dear old friend Austin Beck is back, baby, yes. and he's here with the caster records. Yes. He said, I know a lot of the talk will be about whose fault the Sunday blunder was, and I hope this helps decide <laughs> who to point the finger towards. Azale and Captain Flowers is a caster duo, 0-1 for us. Jat and Freak, 1-0. Azale, Captain Flowers, and Kobe, 1-0. Okay. So the question is, is it Azale? Is it Captain Flowers? Is it the combination right now? Mm. Jordan, which of, which of those gentlemen or both is responsible? I mean, I want, I want it to be neither of them, Cole. I like them too much <laughs> to have this happen. Uh, here's what I'll say in regards to this. Thank goodness we got Jack back on the desk. That dude is, he, yeah. his, his coaching stint has made him an even better caster. I, I swear to it. He is, Thanks, he's a gift. Yep. Thanks, Alfar. <laughs> Alfari is really just I'll doing never, one. I'll never let the scapegoating go. He was man. doing one for NA. He <clears> said, look, <throat> they need you on the desk. You got to take the fall. I'll do it. All right. Well, Jordan, it's time for the profit segment. Mm. Because coming up on Friday, we play the 3-0 and C9 with Fudge at Midland. Early season favorites for the, the summer championship, Cole. Cloud9. LS. Probably still in Korea playing mid lane for his his squad. <laughs> so, guys, if you thought Jordan's Jordan's uh, comments about Hoonie <laughs> were were entertaining, he's doing that. He's literally doing that. He's he's playing mid lane <laughs> for the squad that's in Korea right now. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. Jordan, Jordan, his his comments about LS are going to be even more yeah, inflammatory. Oh, yes, that's true. Uh so you said early favorites for a uh, summer that's if he lasts as a coach until then uh, um but do we win jordan do we win against the the weirdness do we win? i mean the the people that are rotating in from c9 are like academy or um i'm sorry uh lcs level i mean it's like zven the academy yeah. bot laner zven most punchable na is ste stepping in yeah pentakill pentakill's Ven cole Zven to kill. He's got his his uh, <laughs> heavy metal get up on. He's getting the pentakills going. Um, yeah, we win. 
<laughs> any any uh, specific reason why? Abadaga is not actually slumping. He's going to do fine. It's going to be a fine game against Fudge. I'm not worried about that. Closer is still an ultra Chad. Uh, bot lane is going to figure out that they cannot they cannot count on being bailed out after taking some of these risky moves in the bot lane. They learn their lesson, and I'm guessing, no Cole, I'm saying we're getting someday back in the top lane, and he's going to um, dominate. <clears throat> I'm going to say we win this game also. And I got to say, I think like one thing we've learned about the team, <clears throat> excuse me, is that they punch back, they bounce back. You know, like we don't stay in a slump very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect someone like FBI, especially, is very angry mm-hmm. that we lost that game. And he is going to be like solely focused on making sure we beat C9 this weekend. Yeah. And like the, re- the rest of the chips will fall where they, they are. But I think the boys are going to be super hungry to beat C9. Um, I want Abadaga to step up big time and put Cragger in his place. <laughs> That's the guy's name, right? From Arcane. I got to check that because it sounds like I'm saying a word that would get me banned on Twitch. <laughs> Oh, Cragor. I love that you Cragor. just pulled out a, uh, an Arcane reference. That is Look, you guys making me watch Arcane <laughs> has led to, led to something in the so other good. streams. So, <clears throat> so Twitch, yeah. I said Cragor. Cragor. Uh, yes. I think he's going to want to put him in his place. Yep. And I, yeah, I just feel like the balance back is going to happen and we're going to feel fine. I don't think we're going to see Tenacity this weekend like at all for the rest of the tournament um, rest of the tournament you're saying yeah i don't think we're gonna see him wow. i mean maybe maybe if we're in a series and we have like an obvious lead we can like throw a game hmm. or I'm, i shouldn't say throw a game we can test him out for another game yeah but uh yeah i th- i think like when we're in a situation where we feel like we we want slash need to win i don't think we're gonna play him for a while um so i think we win then, Jordan, how does the rest of the tournament go? Who knows, Cole? Who knows? Uh, I think we play games Saturday, Sunday, take a week off Saturday, Sunday. It's like all weekend, take a week off right? Saturday, Sunday. It's, yeah. It goes, it goes for a while, yeah. Oh, no, it does go into the next weekend. Yeah. No, it's, it, I think quarters are Saturday, Sunday. Semis are Saturday, Sunday. Finals are That's right. Saturday, okay. maybe. So, <clears throat> do we advance? Do we make it out of quarters? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because yeah, it's going to be against, be. like, Immortals. Most likely. Do you mean Immortals Progressive? Sorry. Immortals Progressive, Cole. What? It's not going to be against Dignitas Kingdom Bay. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that they took out, they took out the vowels of Quantum, but left the A-Y in Quantum Pay. Shouldn't it be Quantum? P- quantum. If we're, <laughs> if we're, if we're really removing vowels here i think they were gonna say uh quantum <clears throat> pie that's what they were worried people are gonna say quantum <laughs> pie which is a very different product cool uh autolycus asks if we beat c9 do we get first because head-to-head or do we have to play a tiebreaker uh i think they go with head-to-head as tiebreaker so i'm not sure oh yeah because c9's standing above us i, I believe they go with head-to-head for this they're i don't yeah. think they're looking to add games to lock in yeah yeah um so we'll see <laughs> But yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I, I'm with you. 
I think we beat C9 and we advance out of quarters against whoever we play against Immortals Progressive or against Counter Logic Gaming, maybe, Jordan. Yeah. Counter Logic or Gaming P- Clorox. Cole is their new day. Contemp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <clears throat> so that's going to do it for us this week for Hunter Talk. Yeah. Uh, we will see you guys on Thursday for Rec League. I'm not sick this week. We're going to be ready baby. to go. Um, My last we'll rip tweet it. something about it. It would be. Ooh, your last rip it even. Honestly, we haven't, we're, we're not sure which game we're going to be playing, if it's going to be League Night or something else. Um, but I do know we have a cool league night on the horizon. So maybe two or three weeks out, we'll have a cool sponsored night um, that's coming up. And yeah. So watch our Twitter on Wednesday. We'll put a sign up form out for that. Also, you can be in our discord. We'll post an announcement there. Yeah. Jordan, it feels good to be hundred talking again. It does. What a, what a good time. What a fun time hanging out with chat, having a fun time. Thanks for being here, everybody. Yeah. And for the new people who are here, welcome and please hang out with us more often again uh i'll put it in twitch chat here's our twitter here's our discord come find us come hang out we're very welcoming everybody we will see you a week from today when we have dominated quarterfinals yes so until then we love you and we miss you all take care